way to overcome pride, the way to, you know, overcome procrastination, the way to get out of your shell and be authentic and all these things is to start. I call it the five actions of SMART, which is so people are trying to figure this out. This would be how you start. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we have Richie Norton on the podcast, and this is an episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Richie and I connected at the ClickFunnels event over in Nashville a couple weeks ago, and we really hit it off. He is somebody who, in the short time where we interacted, he had a very big impact on me, and he's doing a lot of really cool things. He's working with some of the top influencers in podcasting, um, like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. He's working with some huge, huge YouTube creators, and one of the big companies that he runs is called Product, and what Product does is they create products for these influencers, and they do everything. Like, they do the sourcing, they go to China, they, like, figure out how to get this thing developed if it's never been created before. And then they do like all the behind the scenes work so the influencer can just have the idea and the audience and they really do everything else. So that's one of Richie's main things that he does. He also wrote a book called Starting Something Stupid and that's really what we focus in on during this conversation. And we cover basically what it takes to start something and what starting something stupid actually means. But, but the big things that we cover are the how and the what of actually starting something. Because when you're starting a new project, whether that be a business, whether that be a a service project you're working on, whether it be whatever, um, it could be really tricky for you to figure out one, like how do you even get started? Like what do you, what are the first steps that you take? Like how do you know what you should be working on, what you shouldn't be working on? And, and then what do you even like do? Like what do you physically do to create that vision, to, to bring that goal to life? So that's one of the big, big things that Richie is very passionate about and something that we go very deep on. We also talk about how to create and structure a business so that you can get the lifestyle that you want out of it. Because so many people, they'll go into business, they'll thinking, okay, I want to make a lot of money and they'll start something and they'll grow something and then they'll realize that they've really just boxed themselves in like they've created so many responsibilities obligations overhead that they're like strangling themselves because they don't have the, the space they don't have anything they don't have the lifestyle that they imagined when they started this business because they just ended up boxing themselves in to this very restrictive model so richie talks all about how he is able to every time he starts a business he gets more time back and more money coming in every single month so we're going to cover all of that i just want to get into the conversation because i really do enjoy chatting with this guy he's got a lot of value to bring to the conversation so without further ado let's welcome Richie Norton to Young Smart Money. All right, Richie, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm so good. Thanks for having me on, man. It's exciting. It's my pleasure. It is my pleasure. So Richie and I met at the ClickFunnels event a couple weeks ago now, and um, I met Richie. He's a really, really positive guy, and he's somebody who really brings a lot of like positive energy to any any situation. So I really I wanted to get him on the show because he has a lot of wisdom to bring. He's done a lot of really cool things as well. So I wanted to get him here and, and share that wisdom, that knowledge, that positivity with y'all. So Richie, I'm really stoked to have you here today. Yeah, man. I'm going to be really sad on this one, though. I'm going to talk really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if that's like, is that a switch you even have? Let's try. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, all, right. all right, Richie. So for our listeners that aren't familiar with you and what you're up to, could you give us a quick intro as to what Richie Norton's doing right now? Yeah, so I live in Hawaii and I'm an entrepreneur and an author. So I'm always just making stuff up and <laughs> from day to day. Uh, the power of starting something stupid is in like about 10 languages more or less now, and it's done well. And my readers contact me to help start businesses. So I help both on the online world and offline, and we create tons of products for people, physical products even in China, everything from yoga pants to tiny houses, and uh, keeps me keeps me busy. But it's all, just so you know, my my constraint I put on myself is, can I do it from my cell phone? 
because I like to be mobile and be anywhere in the world and do whatever I want, whatever I want. And so I help others do the same. Wow. That's wild. So you're managing this entire business pretty much from your cell phone. Several. Yes. And, well, and several. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, Oh, like several businesses. No, but, but <laughs> legit, like several businesses and it does not require a desk. 100%. Wow. Do you write your books on your phone? I do use a laptop when okay. I'm writing books, articles, and sometimes taking payments that are hard to take from um, a cell phone. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there are some restraints, but like 99% of the time it's, it's from the phone. Like when I travel, I don't bring a laptop. It's really? myself. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I don't want to deal with taking it out, putting it back in. If I'm going to be gone for months, which happens sometimes I might bring it. Um, but typically if it's a week or two, I, I will not hundred percent. All right. So, so flash us back a little bit to when you got started into entrepreneurship, because obviously this didn't happen overnight, building these, these huge businesses and, and writing these books. So what were, what were some of your first like entrepreneurial tendencies? Like, were you the kid in middle school who was like bringing Snickers bars and like selling those under the table during class or like starting lemonade stands or what did that look like for you? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I was that kid. I was just more, okay. and even today I just, I'm not really, I just want to have fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm more that guy um but i remember one time i was 16 years old and i told my dad i wanted to get a job because i wanted money you know like yeah, yeah. and, and my dad he's such a bad dad he says <laughs> he says no you don't want a job but i'm like what like what dad does that and he said look man i know you want money and i'm like yeah 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 he's like but just <laughs> this is a real story so i'm from san diego and he says okay. He says, go to the watermelon patches. This is a real story. And he says, ask the farmers if you can buy their irregular sized watermelons, the ones they can't sell to the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And so my brother and I, who was 14 at the time, we just took out all the seats in our family van, went to El Centro, filled the van up with these irregular sized watermelons and called all our friends' parents and sold them on the 4th of July to our friends and family who have random bypassers huh. made more money in one day than we would have made the entire summer doing some minimum wage thing. Wow. And that's when I learned as a young kid, like, do you want a job or do you want money? And you don't have to necessarily trade your time for money. And if you do trade your time for money, just know that they're why you're doing it. Right. Mm. I just like to do that. And so it's not right or wrong. It's just what is. Yeah. And so that kind of got me on the path, like, oh, I'm going to grow up and be an entrepreneur. The challenge with that is being an entrepreneur could mean literally millions of different things. <laughs> so from that time, I, I get you talking all kinds of stuff, but from that time, I lived in Brazil for a couple of years and I saw people in poverty and I, I saw they had talents. They might not have the networks or the resources. And so I always thought, how can I help people get out of poverty? And my real thought was this, Apple, it was mm -hmm. if I, if the standard way in America is live, 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 go to, go to school, get an education, become rich and famous, and then retire, and then do what you want to do. If that's the path we're all on, I thought, I thought, I started doing the math. So let's pretend someone's, let's pretend someone's 25 years old, just make the math easy. If you're going to wait till you're 65 to do something you know you already want to do, you're going to wait 40 years. <laughs> And people fall into that without even thinking about it. Yeah. And 40 years is, is not just one generation. It's the generation you could help right now. 20 years from now, if they're a 20-year-old, it's, it's the kids. 
-hmm. and 20 years later, it's, it's three, possibly four generations of people affected if you wait just 40 years to do what you want to do and their whole family tree. And so I thought, how can I live my retired life, which to me was serving others, not just laying on a beach, even though I do live <laughs> and lay on a beach literally every single day. It was, it was, how can I do both? How can I have meaning and money and feed my family? And with the invention of the internet and everything else, it's made it so much more possible. We can't even blame our parents for them the way they did it or our grandparents. Like the things we're doing today did not exist. And so it's really hard to teach people and get them out of even the mindset, even if they know it's possible, because the way our system is set up is not built for what you're doing right here, right now on this podcast. Mm -hmm. There's nobody I'm guessing at your school teaching what you're doing and you're doing it. <laughs> how is that possible? How, how could someone not teach you something and you're still doing it? You know, <laughs> mm. tongue in cheek. Yeah. So, so it's ran into me writing books about it, people reaching out and uh, just starting several businesses. My first business was a social venture where we wanted to do cashmere in Mongolia to help people create jobs. That was it. And this launched me into a whole thing in the whole Asia Pacific Rim of just one at a time, people starting companies to help them be successful and be self-employed and um, people that go to college, awesome people like you, shouldn't leave and, and be an employee. They should also have the option of being an employer. Mm. And not about school either. It's like, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? But people don't think that way, nor is it taught. So then when I wrote the book about it, people started asking about it. And that's just how things started lining up. It led to coaching, consulting, online courses, speaking, more books. And now where I'm actually moving the entire part of how to make a product and just doing it so that people can just focus on what they're good at, which is influencing others, selling their products, and ultimately creating a great lifestyle. One more thing before yeah. you jump in, because I know you want to jump <laughs> I can see you. People will start a business because they think they want money, and then they make money, and they're still not happy mm. because what they really wanted was something else. What comes after you're successful? And that's usually freedom of time, freedom of geography, freedom of, you know, income, whatever it is, you want to start with that as the end result, not the business as the end result. And you will build an entirely different business. Everything I'm doing could require offices and people and hundreds of thousands of dollars of overhead every month. This is a real thing, but I have zero dollars of overhead every month, zero employees, and we all do it virtually. We're all our own businesses. We're all contractors and we create better results this way 24 seven and don't have all the unnecessary overhead because my goal is to have a lifestyle and help others at the same time. That is, that is massive. That was a yes, lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> Got our listeners all riled up, man. <laughs> Got them going. It's like, why not? You know? Why? Yeah. And like, that's huge because a lot of people, they'll go into a business, they'll, they'll structure it like, okay, how do I make the most money? But, but I, I like what you said about retirement and how, like, think about what you would be doing if you were retired and then structure a business that lets you get there 40 years sooner. That's right. The, the other thing we didn't talk about is when people do hit, like, have you ever felt, you don't have to answer this, but the mm -hmm. listeners, have you ever felt like a down after hitting a high, like after you hit a goal and you're like, oh, awesome. What's next? 
this is the way it feels for people. I talked to a multi, 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 multi-millionaire just two days ago who lived down the street from me. And he literally told me, Richie, I'm already living this thing where you have all the time that you want to do. I'm bored out of my mind. I don't know what to do next. I go, I know. I know. And that's the way it is when people spend their whole life leading up to retirement. They then get there and then they're like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so it's not about the achievement of the thing. It's about continually doing things that challenge you and are fun for you. But also if family is important, it's around your family. Your family isn't on the outside of that. They're not the, at the end of this linear progression. You can build it in a circle around the things that are most important to you. Mm. So like how, how would you suggest a listener go about structuring or, or figuring out how they want their ideal life to look? Because I mean, designing an ideal life is kind of a, a lofty thing to do. So do you have any strategies for, for helping our listeners to contextualize that and really apply it to, to, to themselves and, and their situation? No, there's, there's nothing that they can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show's over. There we go. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. So bad. I'm so bad. <laughs> um, so, you know, Jeff Bezos, he'll say, do I, will I regret it when I'm 80? And so he started Amazon based around the idea that he would regret not having started it, you know, when he was like, what, 30 more or less. Mm-hmm. And then um, other people will say, think out five years or 10 years. It really doesn't matter. The, the key is think out two years because okay. two years is long enough to think big and short enough to actually do something about it. Hmm. And then you ask, let's pretend, like I, I had a guy that told me in two years, he wanted people to recognize him as an expert and he wanted to be a coach consultant guy. And he was like in construction and he, and he was going to console people on how to be a, a tradesperson or something or how to hire tradespeople and develop them, whatever. I don't know anything about construction. And I'm like, yo, but I can help you. What if you just made, what if you can make money in the next, instead of two years, four to six months? Could I? Uh, and I said, well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have this. I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to blog for two years and then make an offer. And I'm like, well, why don't you just make an offer right now? Because really, this is the key to your listeners is it just takes one person to buy one thing to validate that it works. Then you get two then you get 10 then you get 100. It's not always about scaling. And people get scared about scale and they try to build these systems around this big conglomerate when they should just get one person. So here's the trick. Ask yourself, Two years from now, who do I want to be? Not what do I want to do. Who do I want to be? What do I want my lifestyle to look like? And if you have a business idea or you come up with a business idea, then instead, instead of saying, how can I start it two years from now? You say, how can I start it today? Because here's the trick. Two years from now, you will be the exact same person you are today unless you do something right now. <laughs> so you're actually you actually are in your mind you actually are already two years ahead it's not like all these things you're going to do are going to help you unless their activities align with your ultimate goal so i'm gonna break it down one more time yep. two years who do you want to be then you ask yourself could i do it right now then you say if i had to do it right now what would i do and who's one person i could help and if with that mindset you then all of a sudden bring these big picture goals you break them down into small, more manageable parts, and you're starting immediately. Let me use numbers. Yeah. Let's say somebody says, my goal is to make $10,000 a month. And so they're going to build this whole business and build all these things. And their goal is, let's say one side is to also have freedom with this $10,000 a month. Well, if that 
if they build a business around them actually coding all the websites or whatever it is that they're doing, they're not going to have freedom. They might have the $10,000, but not the freedom. Now, <clears throat> let's back up and say $10,000 a month. Wow, how can I do that today? What if it was 10 customers at $1,000 a pop right now? And yeah, what if you are coding it now? But what if you could eventually, I don't know, hire a freelancer to do it for you? Mm-hmm. And so you start, as long as you start thinking that way, it can start happening. If you don't think that way, it will, it won't, there's not even a chance of it happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. There's more, but what do you think about that? Tell me, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a, that's such a powerful way of thinking about things. And it's not, it's not how I went into this and it's not how I see a lot of people around me going into their different ventures. Um, and, and a lot of people are very, uh, that I interact with at least, are, very, are much more short-term focused. And they're not able to even visualize out two years. They're not looking that far ahead. They're looking at tomorrow. And they're looking at the next day. And that's about as far as they go. So two years out is, is, is very, it, it, it's a very good time frame. Because like you said, it, it's far enough out that you can actually like start to, to visualize yourself being a very different person. But, but it's not so far out that you're like, oh, I don't have to start worrying about that yet. Yeah. And it's less about what you do and more about who you want to become. You know what I mean? Hmm. So for example, like I'm an author. Well, at one point in time, I wanted to be an author and it Mm -hmm. took years to do it. But so, so these big things, sometimes they don't make money for a long time, but you're thinking that, that eventually you're going to do it. So you start now. If the goal is I need to make money tomorrow. Well, well, that's, that's a great goal too. What are you going to do? And so here's one simple trick for your, your people here. And People are always like, what do, what, do I, what do I do? What's my idea? And I always say, you don't need to have any ideas. Ask people what they want and give it to them. Mm. So a simple thing would be do a survey. Ask a question on social media. Ask friends and family. And once you find out what they want, and you might see some trends, you can either build that thing for them or even better, call them on the phone and say, oh, you want this thing? I can get it for you. It's going to be $100. Put it down now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, they pre-buy it. That's what Kickstarter is for. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways of how to do it. But the key part is to believe that it's even possible to do it today and not tomorrow. Because what if you don't have tomorrow anyways? And you, mm. you know what I mean? So. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, that action and just, just figuring out who you want to be and then, and then creating that is, is essential. So talk to me a little bit about the role that mentors have had on you, because I'm assuming that throughout this process, there have been some people that have been particularly influential on you. Um, and, and can you talk a little bit about who those people were and, and how they helped you to, to escalate to the next level? Yeah, there's, I, uh, it's a hard, it's almost like when, when someone wins an award and they have to recognize everybody, I, I know I won't be able to recognize everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll mention um, a few. Obviously, like my parents and my dad showing me that new way of thinking. That was a total mind bend. You know what I mean? Even yeah. in, my, in my state back then. So <clears throat> I'm a big fan believer of who, not how. Okay. Say more. Right? So if you want to do something, you're like, how do I, how do I, how do I? Well, there's already someone that knows how. Let's just find them and have them teach us or help us. And I'll tell you who my mentors are in a second, but the other side of that is when, when I tell this story, people will also say, yeah, but how do I get a mentor? And the trick I'm telling you right now is 
you don't get a mentor. Don't be a vampire sucking on someone mm-hmm. else's life. They might help you for a second, but then you're out. Yeah. The goal is to serve others, help them earn the right to ask for help, and then let it be a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm. Those mentorships are real and last. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's use my, my book, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen M.R. Covey. He is uh, the son of Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. who, who I know I've spoken on stage with him. And M.R. Covey wrote a book called The Speed of Trust and other books. And one time he asked me um, to come to his office after he heard me speak. And I came in, I think I was 26. And he said, you need to work for me. And I said, cool. And he said, "Um, I want you to speak to executives about trust. And I said, yeah, but cool. I'm, I'm too young. I literally told this man who was like, he took Franklin Covey to become a billion dollar company. I told him he's asked, he's offering me an opportunity. I'm saying no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he bang, he literally bangs on the table, like funny, but serious at the same time, you know, and he goes, he goes, this is about me being too young. And he said, Richie, some people say they have 20 years experience when in reality, they only have one year's experience repeated 20 times. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Ooh, like, who is this guy? And, and so he, it was little questions like that or statements like that that changed the way I thought. And he ended up writing the foreword to my book, you know? And, and so in the, in the book world, he's a big deal. So I had a mentor help me figure that out. And he was endorsed by amazing people. I mean, when I first started to write the book, I didn't know what to do. And so I, I paid and went to a conference with Seth Godin in New York. And I asked him, how do I sell this thing? And, and he said, look, the fastest way to spread a message is to give it away for free. And I said, cool, but I already have like a deal with a publisher. I can't, I can't <laughs> give it away for free. He was like, write another one. And so I literally went back and because people were asking me questions, Richie, how do you do what you do? I can't find a job. No one's picking up my resume over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book called Resumes Are Dead and What to Do About It. And it was a very short, almost like a manifesto kind of thing. Mm. I gave it away for free, spread like wildfire. And this helped me build an audience so that when my real book, The Power of SRS, mm. came out, people recognized me as an author and they got it. These aren't things I would have thought of on my own, right? So there, there's a couple. And then even now, when I'm working with, um, I'm going to tell you one more story. It's random. Yeah, okay? do it. I don't know if I've ever told this on a podcast before. There we go. Exclusive. I reached out through someone else to Steve Forbes, the Steve Forbes. Wow. He endorsed my book. <clears throat> nice guy. After he endorsed it and it, and it was published, I, um, I sent him a copy of it. Dude, you would just think that like, cool, you send them a copy and like, thank you. Mm-hmm. He sent me, a book back and it handwritten. I don't know if it was him or a secretary, but either way, it's the same to me. And he, he says, he says, my dad, the OG Forbes put this book together. It's like this thick book of quotes. And he says some nice things. To me. Now, the reason I tell you this is not because it's cool. Cause it is super cool. I'm, I'm telling you this because successful people aren't jerks. <laughs> <laughs> some of them might be, 
but for the most part, they are the most generous, kind people who started from wherever they were. Whether they have successful parents or not, they were generous. And through that generosity, it creates this virtuous upward spiral of helping, helping, helping. And the coolest people are the, those that don't forget that. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and give back. So when it comes to mentors, I have all kinds. Even now, when we're making product in China and I don't know how to make a product in China, we are literally just meeting with business owners there, offering them value, and they're teaching us how to do this stuff. And they're doing it with us. The concept of, of mentoring should be everybody wins. And so anyone who's listening to this, I don't have a mentor. I can't find famous people like you found, Archie. I'm just mentioning famous people because it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like I have mentors all over the place. And what you want to do is build it around a project if you can. Mm. The reason I say project is because if you just say, will you mentor me? What the crap am I supposed to mentor you on? Yeah. <laughs> right? But if I came to you, Apple, and I said, will you mentor me on, I don't know, how to podcast? Well, then you might dig down and go, what do you mean how to podcast? Right? Yeah. Or now we have a project we can work on. It also has a beginning and an end, which is important. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, uh, or, or let's say I launch a podcast. Can you help me figure out how to make it a top 100 like you? You know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> now we can have a conversation. But at the same time, I'm not, you would be mentoring me. Age to me doesn't mean anything. It's, it's about value, okay? And um, you might say, pay me. Or you might say, Richie, you've helped me. Let's work. Who knows what it is? But the key concept is, am I adding value everywhere I go? And if you do that, you will find mentors and you will find people who will help you because you're helping them. Mm. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And for those of you that are feeling kind of lost and you don't even know like what value you would provide, the number one thing that I would say, and Richie, feel free to hop in as well, is like learn something, like learn a skill very well that you can then bring to other people. Because if you don't have a skill, if you haven't taken that time to foster something in yourself and you're just waiting for somebody to like take you under their wing and like teach you everything they know, you got, you got to have something like you got to have that one skill that you're just like a pro at that you can really go to somebody with and be like, Hey, I'm a pro at Instagram. Like, let me take your Instagram game from here to here. Perfect. And, and I'll do that for you. Um, and that's, that's not, that's literally how I started. Like I approached people and I knew Instagram and I still do know Instagram and I took their Instagram from zero to a hundred and I did it for free. Like I just want to work for these people for free and like get around them and like surround myself with them. And that was like the thing that got me from zero to like where I am now and, and, and got me moving. No. And, and, and when you do that, you don't have to do it with an expectation of something to come no. back. I had no expectation. I had zero expectation. People do it with a hidden agenda and mentors pick up on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. you're going to do this little thing and you want me to do this big thing for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no. see, that's super cool. So in my book, I call it, so I call the power of story something stupid because mm -hmm. the concept is your stupid ideas are actually smart ideas, but you tell yourself it's stupid because you're scared to do them. Mm. And so everything from the model T to, to the telephone to Twitter, were actually at one point called a stupid idea that turned out to be great. So I like to say, stupid is the new smart, right? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I say the way to overcome fear, the way to overcome pride, the way to you know, overcome procrastination, the way to get out of your shell and be authentic and all these things is to start. I call it the five actions of smart, which is so people were trying to figure this out. This would be how you start a new idea. And it's, it's exactly what you just said you did. It's S-T-A-R-T, start, serve, mm -hmm. Think, ask, receive, and trust. Mm. When you serve others without expectation, you learn and you help and you add value. 
when you thank them for the opportunity to serve them when they should be thanking you, it creates this bond. You then earn the right to ask because asking for things actually can hurt you. I mean, you should ask and be inquisitive and learn things, but asking for things out of bounds doesn't help you. So you earn the right to ask and then you're open to receive that help. So a, good, a lot of people are scared of feeling like a mooch or they don't want to receive, they don't want to ask for something because they feel bad taking. It's not about taking you're on the same team. So like in football, if a quarterback throws the ball and the receiver whacks the ball out of the air, people would be like, that's pretty messed up, dude. Like we have this whole line, like protecting you. We've put the <laughs> everyone's setting it up. Why would you do that? That you wouldn't do that. But in real life, we do it all the time. Oh, let me help you. No, it's okay. I'm good. Mm. Right. <clears throat> and so the goal would be when someone wants to help you. Yes. And then you, run with the ball to the end zone and score. When I share information and people don't do anything about it, it hurts me. It's a loss. Yeah. Share and someone does something about it and they, they get a win. We both win. That's what mentors want from you. They want you to succeed because they also succeed when you succeed. And then you trust the process. S T A R T serve, think, ask, receive, and trust. This formula is not something I made up. It's something people have done in business. They've done it in like, this is, the, this is the way, whether they thought about it this way or not, it's the way Gandhi created his movement. It's the way a lot of people make things happen, but it always starts with service. So adds, you know, add value by serving others for sure. Wow, that's huge. That's huge, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so tell me more about this idea of, of starting something stupid because you mentioned like all of these, these like mainstream things now were once stupid ideas. Um, how... How do you decide whether an idea that you deem as stupid is like actually like worth pursuing? Cause like there are some ideas that are like inherently bad ideas and some things that like don't have potential. Yeah. It's true. So when I say stupid, I don't mean inherently stupid. Okay. I just mean the perception of it. And so, um, even if you look at all the big, I don't know, software companies and social media companies, they were all ridiculous and called stupid. And so a lot of venture capitalists actually invest in so-called stupid ideas. This is a real thing um, because everyone else is already doing the smart things. Hmm. Creativity is in this. It starts at stupid. Creativity starts in the spaces that are so-called stupid. And it's not that it's inherently stupid. It's that people haven't seen the opportunity there or created the value around it to make it happen. So bringing it back to your question, how do you know if it's good or bad or not, or should I start it? The, the answer is you don't, <laughs> right? And, but you can mitigate risk by starting with one person, mm. right? And so you start with one and then it grows. And most people listening to this aren't necessarily trying to raise $10 million to go do some crazy thing. And if they are, they're going to have a hundred people around them telling them exactly what to do. This is the way it works. But if you're starting to start a small business and make some money with a digital thing or a physical thing, it lit I'm trying to make it down to as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. It literally starts with one thing. And you go, I don't have any money. Yeah, that you can pre-sell it. So like like what I'm trying to do is say all your excuses for what you want to do are now taken away. You don't have an idea, survey people and ask them. Mm. You, for example, right now, you may have already done it. You can send a survey out to all your listeners, however many people fill it out, and you can now sell them coaching, online courses, uh, books. You could sell a package on how to do 
uh, I don't know, webinars and, and click funnels and you know what I'm saying? Podcast. Yeah. It's just that the goal is to get people to raise their hand. Mm. And then you can pick on them and go, yeah, here's this thing. Okay. So <clears throat> the main concept is this, you, you have an idea. You're not sure if you should start it or not. Will you regret not starting that idea? And if so, then you should, then that thing becomes your imperative in the present and you just do it. What if it fails? Well, at least you won't live your life for 40 years hoping you can build this thing and it's going to fail then harder. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably learn something and you pivot and you change and you make it better. But what if it succeeds? What if it changes your life? What if it changes the life of others? And, and, and dude, like what? You're only going to do one thing your whole life? You can start 10 things every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> start with one <laughs> does that help answer your question i don't know yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> all, right, all, right, all, right, all right so like for our listeners that have started something and then they see another thing that they want to start and another thing that they want to start like where where does that balance come in for you and how do you determine like when you have enough on your plate and when you have the the bandwidth to like take on more projects and how do you how do you find that balance between what you're working on and taking on new stuff it's a good question uh, I might have to tell you a story to help you understand it. But, <laughs> but, but the answer is if I want to do it, mm -hmm. I will. <laughs> is it fun? Can I do it for my cell phone? The next thing is I am 100% willing to give up profits to have someone else do it. Mm. Work on commission, split it, start a business together. These, these are all things I'm totally willing to do. And we can get into like the details of it. But let me tell you why I, I, I'm still an entrepreneur because it, it is hard. Like, let's be honest, it's super hard. And you could say, oh, it's easier to have a job. No, having a job is also super hard. What, you get two weeks out of the year to have a vacation that you don't actually take. And even <laughs> when you're working and you're stressed out and you hate your boss and your boss could fire you tomorrow, that's not safe. <laughs> that's not safe at all. So it's, what I'm trying to say is it's all hard. But what keeps me going, what well, I didn't share. So like <clears throat> several years ago, my brother-in-law was 21. And one day he just didn't wake up. He passed away in his sleep. And he was living with us on and off for like five years. And uh, it was devastating to our family. <clears throat> and I learned that life is short. He like, he didn't get the chance to grow up and do these things. He, he had to be then or never. And this can happen to any of us, but it changed the way I thought about time. Time has, the things we do need to happen now. Because when you say that, which one should I start and how many and this or that, we're always thinking we're going to have more time to do them. What if you don't? So you start the ones you can based on your goals. If you need to make money now, do the ones that make money now. If you need to make money later, you should always be building towards those things that you can do later because those are your big dreams, right? A few years later, we had, so I have a bunch of kids. I have four boys. And my youngest son, uh, we named him after my brother-in-law. We named him Gavin. So Gavin and Gavin. And Gavin, this baby, he got a cough. And it turned out over time, we took him to the hospital several times. They said nothing was wrong. They figured it was all kinds of things. Finally, they tested and figured out he had something called pertussis or whooping cough. And I remember one night the nurse came in and said, um, you need to stay the night. Now, we always stayed the night. Mm -hmm. But what she was really saying is he's not going to make it. And they brought out a crash cart and they're like, look, we can do the crash cart thing. He's going to die either way. Do you want him to die violently or do you want to like, what do you want to do? And as a father, this is like the impossible situation. Yeah. 
And so my wife and I were praying and we're asking the whole world on our blog, you know, that's pray for us and all these things. And we're hoping for a miracle. We didn't get that miracle. We, we took him off all the wires and I held him for a second, handed him to my wife and she, she, she held him and we sang lullabies and I had my heart on his, my hand on his little heart. And I mean, until he slipped away. And I know this is heavy stuff. And um, when that happened, I just realized, oh my gosh, like, uh, life sucks, man. Like, you know, life is crazy. And we left that hospital empty handed. And <clears throat> someone once asked me, what did you learn from your brother-in-law passing away, from your son passing away? And what we learned is we had to think about it for a while. And then we finally, I, I decided I would actually call it something. I call it Gavin's Law, which is live to start, start to live. Because a lot of us, you and me and your listeners, we're walking around not knowing why we're here, what we're doing, where we're going. And that's just life. <clears throat> but there are ideas coming to our minds. There are thoughts percolating. There are things happening. And have you ever noticed someone who embraces an idea and does something with it, whether it works or not, they get enthused. They, they get filled with energy. So Gavin's law is live to start, start to live. Because when you live those ideas that are pressing on your mind, you really will start living. So whenever I start businesses or other things, I'm actually thinking, how can I build a business that's not a trade-off? How can I build a business that doesn't take away my time from my family? How can I build a business that actually enhances and expands my time with my family? This is a different way of thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> so when someone says, how do you start all these businesses and do all these things? It's a hard question for me to answer because every business I start enables me to start another one. I have more time and more money every time I start a business. It doesn't take away from my life and my time. It gives. And I know that doesn't make sense to most people because I'm just telling you it right now. I, I don't actually haven't really taught this. You're one of the first people I ever told about it this way. That's my, it's going to be my next book. Okay. Okay. You can help me promote my next book. But like um, this concept of, building things around your core instead of thinking linearly, I'm going to build up to the core mm. and change everything you do. So whoever's listening here, they're like, should I start a business? Should I not? Will you regret it or not? Okay. You will regret it. So you're going to start it and then you, and then you start it, but then you realize it's making money, but not giving you the core that you wanted. Why not begin with the core in mind and build around it? So for me, it's not real. Like I just took my son to Japan for, you know, a week for no reason. There's no reason to go. I took my family to Europe for two months. We went to 14, 15 different countries or whatever it was. There was nothing to do. We were just walking around. You know what I mean? We went on, the, on a road trip for six months from New York to San Diego to Mexico to Canada, working from my cell phone. And that was the goal. So you can actually be working and living your ideal life simultaneously instead of waiting for your ideal life later which might not ever come mm. whoa <laughs> you're like this is crazy richie what are you talking about Get out. <laughs> richie's tearing it apart dude richie's richie's the man so I, I think a lot of our listeners probably have some kind of idea in their head about like starting a business how much work it's going to be and how much they're going to have to like 
like, like a lot of people equate starting a business to making a huge time investment and potentially a huge monetary investment as well. And the way you talk about business doesn't sound like that's really necessarily the way that you think about business. So can you kind of break down, uh, maybe yeah, through an right. example, like how somebody would start a business without putting all of that time, energy, resources, because like you said, when you start a business, you get all that stuff back. So like, how are you doing that? Can you give us some context, some examples, something? Yes. The, the fast answer is systems. Okay. okay well, I'll talk about that. Yeah. And then the other thing for all my academic friends and teachers who don't believe anything I'm saying, <laughs> is, it is actually really hard work. You're just working on only the stuff that you want to do. Mm. And the stuff that you want to do is fun. So it doesn't seem like work. Yeah, yeah, but you have to like work hard on the things you don't want to do to be successful. Why, why is that a thing? That's not a thing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but you need to like, look, I wouldn't ask someone to, my grandpa taught me this. He just passed away recently. He, my, he's, you don't ask someone to dig a hole or a ditch if you're not willing to do it yourself. I dig ditches. I dig holes. I'm willing to do the work. It's not about what you're willing to do. It's not about the sacrifice to get the ROI or whatever it is. It's about results. So, there's a company just recently, they raised like 30 million, this just happened, they raised like $30 million for something. Six months ago, they were talking about doubling the number of their employees. I think yesterday they just announced that they're going bankrupt. Why? Because they build up all this overhead expecting there to be sales. Mm. I don't think that way. I've seen all my friends and family lose their shirts because of overhead. So I, the concept that a mentor taught me is ask a better question, get a better answer. Because you think to start a business, I have to be busy. Is that a fact? It is not a fact. <laughs> to start a business, I have to have money. Not a fact. Like, so people, they create things in their head that aren't real. And then because they're thinking that way, they build this problem for themselves. Mm. They build a problem they knew they were going to have. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do that crap? <laughs> All right, so I think, I don't want to build a, a overhead and have sales just eat at it. Yeah. Why don't I build sales and let the overhead work itself into it as needed? Mm. Complete. I can start the same business. My businesses right now could be costing me a hundred thousand a month or way more. They cost me zero. <laughs> because I did it differently. So, so, so now you're like, well, how, 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 how? Yeah. I have, a, I have, an, I have a, a lot of my clients are like famous uh, vlogger people, millions mm -hmm. of followers each. And I realized, because my thing is all about time and family, I realized that they're pretending they're having fun on their vlogs and going to Disneyland. When in reality, at nighttime, they're up all night freaking editing and yeah. they hate their lives. And their spouses at Disneyland while the other ones at home publishing the stupid vlog, right? Whatever. It's a miracle. Vlogging and making money is a miracle. <clears throat> so I thought, why, why are you doing that? And I started going through all the problems they would say. Editing is my art. Um, no one else can do this for me. I have to do it. And I was like, no, 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 you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> There's someone better than you. Like, all, like, all <laughs> and so I, t I literally spent a year having editors all over the world edit videos for me personally. And it took a year for me to figure this thing out. And I finally cracked it and realized an editor editing your stuff is going to watch your video differently 
then you watch it because they don't have context, which means they can make the video better. But I also knew that a, a vlogger would also say, yeah, but I still want to have control of it. Like Spielberg, you think that guy ever touches a freaking computer to edit something? <laughs> he can touch crap, right? <laughs> but you know that his fingerprints on every single thing. And so I help people become mini Spielbergs. You know what I mean? I go like, you create the content. I built an editing company overseas that gets paid as videos are made. The edit, so so vlogger pays me. I built the system. Editor does it. It comes back to the system. Vlogger approves. Everybody's happy. The vlogger saves time, which means they can make more videos, which means they can make more money. The editor is getting paid four times possibly than what they were getting paid before in these different countries. And I put the whole system together. And you're like, well, Richie, you're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I'm the problem solver. Mm -hmm. and if something's wrong, it's on me. I got to figure it out. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you're right. I am not the one making the video and I am not the one editing it. So I could have done the exact same business by opening an office, hiring 25 editors and had 50 to a hundred thousand dollars of overhead and hated and hating my life. And I would be in the office every single freaking day, same business, different margins, different lifestyle. I hope that helps. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's a really, that's a really good example. And that's really exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, man. Yeah. I did. No. So, of all that, the principle is ask a better question and get a better answer. Mm. But if I start a business, I'm going to, all these things have to happen. Stop. What if you could start a business without those things happening? Now go to work. Mm. Absolutely. And asking questions is a skill that I'm, I'm definitely working on developing myself, but, but it, it's a skill that not a lot of people have really honed. That's a good point. Do you have any, do you have any strategies for, for actively getting to that better question? I don't, I don't know. There's probably some like uh, so Socratic method or something stupid like that. But like <laughs> for, for, for me, and, and there is a thing called like five whys, like why? Oh yeah. Why, why? There's, there's all this Six Sigma and lean stuff. But ultimately the, the question should be, it's not about the question. Hmm. It's about, this is going to sound weird, but it's okay. where you're asking the question from. If someone says what business I should start, I'm going to say, I don't know. If someone says, I want to start a business that makes me $10,000 a month and I don't have to actually do the fulfillment of it, now we can have a conversation and start figuring it out. So if someone says, I want to make $10,000, that's one conversation. If someone says, I want to make $10,000 so that I can put my, a month, so I can put my kids in a private school and I can work from home and we can travel whenever we want. You, if that's the goal, then that is where you want to ask the question from. Mm. Mm. Yeah, having that goal in mind when you construct a question, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Okay, Richie, I respect your time. So we're going to hop into some of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests because I could, I could honestly talk your ear off all day. Um, and, and there's just so much information tell, tell, tell the people how we hung out we like we ate food together in nashville you know what i mean like yeah richie bought me panda express in nashville like we're <laughs> tight dude like that's that's deep stuff all right so uh okay first question that i like to ask all of my guests is what are you what are you excited about right now so just i mean from your personality i'm sure our listeners can tell that you're excited about a lot of different things 
Um, um, okay. Anything in particular? Yeah. The first thing that comes up is my next book. This thing probably won't come out for a year or two years. Okay. The working title is called Time Tipping, and it's about this, moving from distraction to action, creating time, expanding time through creating projects that make sense. Anyways, super excited about that. Super excited about my company, Product, Products You're Proud Of. Right now we have, you, you talk about this with, you know, our, our client, Pat Flynn, just did over $300,000 in three weeks for his switch pod. We got stuff with all kinds of cool um, people, but we're making so many weird products. It's always bizarre and always so fun to go to China and make it happen. <laughs> and then the other thing I'm excited about, honestly, is my, I'm, just, I'm like super stoked to talk to you. You're like the man. And uh, I wish I was interviewing you because <laughs> I wish we were drinking apple cider somewhere, you know, like, oh, apples drinking apple. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> You're ridiculous, man. <laughs> I am. I know. It's... <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, okay. Do you have any habits that you do? Anything you do on a routine basis that that's helped you like level up? It, it's a really bad question for me because I every day is different. I don't really do anything. I, I bet. I bet. Naps every day, but like, um, but I guess I guess the habit is big projects hmm. i think big projects and because if you can only do one or two things a year you actually don't have to do the hundred thousand little things hmm. that's my habit big projects big projects i like it i like that a lot <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. probably not a habit, but you know whatever no <laughs> yeah, it works it works all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but a, a day a daily habit would be here's one that, that might work for everybody right. right now every time i this is gonna every time i have a thought I post it on social media. I was going to say, you put out a lot of content. Yeah, thank you. Or not thank you. You know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But every time I have a, a decent thought, I'll, I'll post it. And it becomes my journal. I don't really care if people see it or not. I don't care if they hate me or not. If they don't like it, they can totally unfollow me. Screw you. Like, whatever it is, right? <laughs> but what happens, what I've learned is when people, when it does pop, I know it's a topic I should talk more about. So I'll make a video about it, write an article about it, do whatever. And then that starts popping. And then people on say media where they start highlighting it or, or I talk to you about it on, on here. And, and then I go, Oh, that's a thing. So it, it helps me find out where there's a vein of gold in like the like, like the conversation online. And if you can find that you actually create this, this cycle of con how do you create so much content? I just keep talking about the same things, but you guys keep asking different questions. So I answer in a different way. Like <laughs> that's what I do all day every day and it helps me create new ideas <laughs> i love it i love it just like throwing out stuff as you get it and then seeing like what resonates with people and what you should go deeper on you can always go back and delete crap if you want to you know what I mean? <laughs> like nothing's nothing's like permanent i mean you can do whatever you want i love it okay yeah so you're putting out a lot of content is there any content that you consume on a regular basis could be podcasts i know you're working with a lot of podcasters um you're working with a lot of youtube people um books you're reading anything that you're consuming right now I scroll. scroll, I scroll, I scroll, I scroll, I scroll. And the reason is because you know, there's a lot of idiots out there. It's like, it gives me, it gives me laugh a lot, but, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's really interesting just seeing the overall conversation that's happening and the way people are thinking mm. that was never possible ever before. Yeah. So like books are cool. Podcasts are cool. There's, there's all these things that if you want to dive deep, but like on a regular basis, I'm really curious about the conversation and then entering the conversation with my own input. Um, 
the sort of the, the, the well I drink from, honestly, is a lot of the, the, the clients telling me what's working in their life and what's not working. And um, these, I actually have a ton of conversations with people every day like you just about what's happening. And I, I think those are the things that kind of fill my well and help me. Uh, I don't know. When I do read a book, I bring that perspective to it and then put that, the, the conversation from the book back into the conversation I'm having in real time. I'm constantly applying what I learn immediately. I don't wait. Really? Okay. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. Continuous improvement. Continuous improvement. There's a lot of books you can read. And I, you know, and, and I do sort of, I don't know. I, there's a lot of, I, my problem with books is they they write them so boring that I just, you know, <laughs> or, or if they are really good, I'll apply it immediately and not finish it. Like, it's like, it, it's like all these things. I think the main point again is, is results oriented. Like what is the goal you want in life? And is this crap you're doing, you getting there? Cause if not stop doing that and do something else. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Just having that. Yeah. That goal orientation is huge. And something that I'm really trying to implement a lot more in my life is just like, know my top three goals and then compare every single thing that I'm doing. Okay. Is this moving me closer to one of my top three goals? If not, why am I doing it? It's done. It's gone. Not doing that anymore. Love it. Love it. I surf too. I get in the water. A lot of my thinking happens in the water. <laughs> oh man, I took a surfing lesson in Costa Rica a couple of years ago and it was it was a blast. It was tough stuff, but like I it was it was a good time. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um so one thing that I'm curious, I mean, a lot of your stuff is going to fall into this category, but a question that I like to ask my guests cuz I'm just curious what they're going to say is um something that they do in their business that isn't inherently scalable or that has like that personal touch to it. So quick context, um, every single day I'll pull out my phone and they'll send like five to 10 video DMs to like new followers on Instagram. Crazy, yeah. Just being like, hey, what's up? My name's Apple. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Have a wonderful day. Um, and with you, I mean, a lot of the stuff you're doing with between like product and, and your consulting is, is not scalable. Like that stuff has the personal, like Richie Norton touch to it. Um, but is there anything in particular that you wanna touch on yeah, there? Yeah, I, I do a ton of free strategy calls. Hmm. Tons. I mean. I charge a lot and everyone tells me you should stop talking to people. And I, and I'm, I'm like, no, there's people that can't afford me. I just want to do it for free. But also most, a lot of people that talk to me for free end up becoming clients. So that's the, the money side. The other side is that as I do free consults, not only is it a cool way to connect with people and hear what's happening out there. I literally do free consults almost every day. Wow. And I, and, and, and some, at, at one point I was out of control with it. And what happens is unintentionally, I started learning what works, what does it in different industries. And so when I talk to someone else and I give them a solution to something and they go, whoa, how do you do that? I don't know. Somewhere in the back of the vault of talking to people, I'm able to apply strategies from other industries. Everything's confidential, of course, but to yeah. a new industry, which innovates the process and gets the results. And it's, it's been just a, a great way to learn because not everyone's going to write a book, man. I mean, 99% of people aren't going to write books. Yeah. When you talk to the 99%, everything they say is book worthy. So I talk to people. Oh, that's huge, man. That's, that's huge. So do you though. That's what you're doing with your freaking podcast. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. getting other people's stories and, and hearing their experiences and yeah, being able to apply that across disciplines and across different fields, because that's, that's where real innovation happens. Absolutely. Mm. We'll all right, Richie, last thing I want to ask you is where can our listeners go if they want to find out more about you and what you're up to? Cool. Uh, RichieNorton.com is a really easy one. And uh, my son that I talked about, he lived for 76 days. So I have a thing called the 76-day challenge, and it kind of walks you step by step 
kind of holds your hand on how to start your stupid idea. You know, a lot of the things we were talking about. So richynorton.com slash seven, six day challenge. I'll walk you through it all. Cool. I'll link both those up in the show notes as well. And then on Instagram, it's just at Richie underscore Norton. You got it, dude. Yes. There we go. (laughs) So I'll put all that in the show notes for you guys to check out. Richie, do you have any last parting thoughts for our listeners? Anything you want to close up the show with? I think you guys should listen to everything this guy Apple says. This guy (laughs) is a man. (laughs) I didn't pay him to say that. (laughs) Honestly, though, you should. I don't know how old you are or what you're doing, but you should emulate (laughs) do it he's just out there making it freaking happen so you're lucky to have a mentor a peer mentor a dude just just like sharing stuff and you need to find more people like him to get knowledge from yes, yes. i i really appreciate you saying that man it really does mean a lot i love you bro and i mean it dude. you're the freaking like look there were like thousands of people at this thing and you were like one of the only people that like talk to me <laughs> that's not true there are lots of people talking oh yeah you're the only one like we we hung out and that's because you're living what you're preaching like you're being cool you're adding value like you're a normal dude like in a good way like you're making it freaking happen so you guys follow the example of homeboy here <laughs> <laughs> richie man i really do appreciate that man and i love you back dude 100 percent. you're the man dude all right dude thank you that was fun absolutely <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launch a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.